welcome to There's More to the Quote. I'm your host, Lauren, and together we will dig into the origins of our culture's most repeated quotes and how they inform the way we relate to ourselves and each other. Thank you for joining me for episode four of There's More to the Quote. Today, we're discussing the quote, they gave us the shortest month for Black history. As always, before we get started, we're going to jump into a random quote of the day. Today's random quote of the day is, we are not going to hug our way to justice. Short and sweet from Austin Channing Brown. So let's get started with this episode on Black History Month, okay? So, of course, maybe you've said it. You hear people say it every year. They gave us the shortest month for Black History. Black History Month is 365. Why are we always focusing on just one month a year? We should be learning all year. This is what people say. So this episode is about the history of Black History Month, okay? Now, before we get started on that, I think we should talk about the history of the creator of Black History Month, which really is Negro History Week, but we'll get there. So we're talking about Carter G. Woodson. Many of you know Carter G. Woodson. You, I'm sure a lot of people don't know a lot about him. And if they do know anything about him, it's Miseducation of the Negro, very popular book that he wrote. And people do know that he's the father of Black history. I think they know that, but that's what he's referred to as. So I want to give you some history on him. So Dr. Woodson was born in 1875. He was the child of former enslaved Black people. In the early 1890s, he was working in a coal mine in West Virginia, and he met Oliver Jones, who was a Black Civil War veteran, and he ran a tea room. So Mr. Jones was illiterate, and some of the other coal miners were illiterate as well. But Carter G. Woodson was not, and they encouraged him to read books and newspapers. So Oliver Jones collected books and newspapers, but he couldn't read them. But he would have Carter G. Woodson read them when he was in the tea room. So they, he would read them to him. He would read to the other miners. And so this is where he was, for lack of a better term, radicalized, if you want to say. This is where he really learned that Black people had a history in this country, <laughs> you know? So this is where he started his journey when he was working in the coal mines as a young man. Eventually, he enrolled in high school. He went on to college, undergrad, and eventually he became the second Black person after W.E.B. Du Bois to earn a PhD from Harvard. In 1915, he founded the Association for the Study of Negro Life and History. Today, it's called the Association for the Study of African-American Life and History. So the association still exists. He created the association so that Black people, and anyone really, so I don't want to say it's just Black people, but specifically Black people, but any Black people around the world, at least, uh, so they could learn about Black history. The association collected stories, documents, rare books, all those things. And they would, the information would be used in schools, colleges, social clubs. And then he also started the, he and the association started the Journal of Negro History. It was a quarterly publication. So this is where scholars and historians could publish their research and also historical where documents could be posted. In the first Journal of Negro History, in the first volume I think it's the first volume. Um, there is a portion of the journal that just lists all these runaway slave ads. 
I mean, going back from the 1800s, from the 1700s, excuse me, and into the 1800s. And it's, they're separated by those who could read and write a little bit, those who could read and write extremely well. Sometimes you had enslaved people who came from another country where they were enslaving people and they could speak English very well and they could speak another language very well. So of course this came in handy when people were running away because they were, if they knew how to write, they could write themselves a letter from their master. By the time people figured it out, they'd be long gone. These are very interesting. Once again, these are rare documents. You could probably find some publications that have some of these. But I mean, where can you find everything in one location with several different months, several different years and several different cities at that time? So that's the kind of stuff that you would find in the Journal of Negro History that he started. Uh, So very a lot of scholarly work, heavy researched. Okay, then like about 20 years after that, he started not he, the association, they have, they started the, the Negro History Bulletin. And that was at the request of Mary McLeod Bethune. She was a member of the association. And so she wanted something that was more geared towards educators, teachers, and general readers. As I mentioned, the Journal of Negro History, it's a lot of history. It's very, you can tell these are academics, people, professors, historians. So they give you a lot of small, intricate information, which I love. But you know, some people are like, look, just give me the nuts and bolts of the story. I want to know. So this is what the Negro History Bulletin was for, for teachers and educators. So in contrast to the journal, the bulletin was set up in a way that teachers could easily create their lesson plans and stuff for the students. He dedicated his life to studying and publishing because he also eventually got a publishing company to the history of black people. So that's the history of Carter G. Woodson, who is the father of black history. So if you don't know, now you know. Now let's get on to the history of black history month. Negro history week was first celebrated in 1926. So if you didn't know, it was not originally a month. And so in his own words, Dr. Wilson stated, this is in volume two of the 1927 Journal of Negro History. This is the meaning of Negro History Week. It is not so much a Negro History Week as it is a history week. We should emphasize not Negro history, but the Negro in history. What we need is not a history of selected races or nations, but the history of the world void of national bias, race, hate, and religious prejudice. There should be no indulgence in undue eulogy of the Negro. The case of the Negro is well taken care of when it is shown how he has influenced the development of civilization. So that's, that's just a summary of the meaning of Negro History Week, okay? Well, why did they give us the shortest month? Once again, it started as a week. Why did he choose February? Well, it started off in the second week of February, and that was chosen because Frederick Douglass and Abraham Lincoln's birthdays are in that week. If you think about that time in history, up until that point, Carter G. Woodson being the child of formerly enslaved parents, uh, Abraham Lincoln, emancipation, Frederick Douglass, you could kind of see how these might be two people that's Black people might see as, you know, important men in the history of Black people up until that point. So this is why he chose the second week in February, because of these two men, their birthdays. So this is how a typical Black History Week would go, a Negro History Week would go. 
back then, right? For 51 weeks, you have black schools, organizations, social clubs, maybe your church, maybe just you and your family, whatever. You would take the initiative and you would learn, collect, find, research black history stories, finding books, documents, whatever you could find. And I'm sure in addition, if you're subs- if you were subscribed to the Journal of Negro History, you would learn stuff. And the Negro Bulletin, once again, that's what teachers would use who use that. And so you would find those things for the 51 weeks of the year. That's what you would be doing, looking and searching. And then that second week in February, you would all come together, debrief about all the new things that they learned the 51 other weeks. Isn't that interesting, guys? <laughs> what everyone says, you know, well, they gave us the shortest month. Black history needs to be 365. Well, it always was. You just didn't learn it. Carter G. Woodson's rolling in his grave. Also, Carter G. Woodson did not believe that you needed to bring in like distinguished speakers during Negro History Week, which, you know, that usually happens when you have black history programs or even if you just have like, you know, we have Martin Luther King Jr. birthday observed. Like, you know, you, you want to bring in, a, you know, a historian or a, a really, you know, a great speaker or writer or author or something like that. But he was like, well, you don't really need to bring in those speakers because if you was doing what you was supposed to do, all you learning in 51 weeks. There are enough children in the classroom, enough people a part of the organization, enough church members for all of y'all to be able to speak about the history that you learn among yourselves. So basically, you are black history. You know, (laughs) your family is black history. What your grandmother did, was your grandmother enslaved? Were your grandparents free? Like, we're kind of thinking if we're back in the 1920s or something like that, you know, 1930s, like, this is the kind of information that was happening for the people who were celebrating Negro History Week, obviously. I don't think every black person did it or even know about it, you know? And so to quote him one last time, to quote um, Woodson, he said, and he put this in the Negro History Bulletin, this is the week set aside by the Association for the Study of Negro Life and History for the purpose of emphasizing what has already been learned about the Negro during the year. So once again, everybody, you don't have to say black history is 365. Remember when McDonald's had that commercial and it would be like 365 black? Well, it was always that. So the irony is that people make a big uproar ever since I was a little girl about how, you know, you shouldn't just be learning it in February. They say all these things, but they didn't even know that that's how it always was supposed to be. So the month is short, but Nobody took the time to actually learn about the history of black history to even know why it's short. It's always just, you know, black people like a good conspiracy theory. You know, they gave us the shortest month. The government did not give us Negro History Week. They did not give us Black History Month. They did not decide on changing from Negro to black. Like these are not things. These are things that black people did. These are things that the Association for the Study of Negro Life, Black Life and History, this is what they did. If you don't know, now you know. Now, Dr. Greg Carr, who is the chair of Afro-American Studies at Howard University, and if you don't, you should follow Dr. Greg Carr. He's amazing. He appears in the Roland Martin show. Uh, he he and Karen Hunter on Sirius XM. She's on Sirius XM, but they do a like in car with class, in class with car 
Saturday YouTube, they talk to people and they kind of give history. He gives history. He has like thousands and thousands of books. So anyway, Dr. Carr wrote an article years ago, several years ago, about the history of Black History Month. And what I found interesting was that in that article, he talks about how Dr. Woodson felt in 1950, right? In 1950, Dr. Wilson felt that people were using the time of Negro History Week to discuss how to solve the race problem instead of reflecting on what they learned the previous weeks. Now, 1926 is when the Negro Week happened. So now we're, we're some years into Negro History Week. And so he's thinking like, okay, people are hiring speakers or they calling the association. If you were doing what you're supposed to do the other 51 weeks, if you were learning about people in your community, learning about your family, going to the local preacher that telling him about the whatever's going on with the denomination, whatever, you would need to be asking about who's speaking here or can somebody come out here? You all want somebody to come so you could talk about the race problem. And when I tell you, I can totally believe this. I know he wasn't being extra because, you know, they said Carter G. Woodson was a little... He was a little extra to deal with, okay? He wasn't, you know, he wasn't the easiest man to be around sometimes. But I can totally see that instead of people want to have, instead of people having conversations about everything we learned and how we can reflect on the history, that people just want to talk about probably respectability politics, like black womanhood or how the black people can rise above and all these things, (laughs) the race problem, that I got nothing to do with the history you know carter g woodson this is the reason you know why he wanted to start a negro history because there's this narrative about black people they don't have a history what the association what negro history week is supposed to help with is emphasizing everything that we learned we do have a history we do have this but if y'all want to argue for one week about the race problem when we got 51 other weeks be my guest (laughs) so unfortunately a few months later he passed away in 1950 But he did leave behind an amazing legacy and so many books and so many documents that we can use. And in 1976, that's when the association decided to change the week to the month. And so then that's how we got Black History Month, you see? So it wasn't they, the white man, and nobody gave us Black History Month. So in the spirit of Black History Month and the spirit of how Carter G. Woodson wanted this celebration to be, I don't call it a celebration, this kind of like reflection time to be utilized. I'm going to tell you what I learned the last 11 months, right? Because, you know, we're not doing a week anymore, we're doing a month. So I learned that the last 11 months that I had ancestors who passed away in the last pandemic, 1918. I learned that my mom was born in an all black hospital in St. Louis. And I know St. Louis is like, you know, the Midwest, but it's kind of like the South. But I kind of thought like, wait, what? All black hospital? What? You know, I, and, I, and I bet you, I didn't look, but I bet you if I Googled it, it probably was black for a long time, probably like 85 or something crazy. I just know. Uh, I learned that the Daughters of the Confederacy, they led the charge of rewriting history of the Civil War after Reconstruction. So when Reconstruction came, you know, white people was not having it. So they literally helped rewrite the textbooks, right? I'm not talking about they just had a narrative that they spread, you know, orally, but they actually made sure that the textbooks had this reimagined of what really happened in the Civil War. 
I learned that the Dora Milaje, who were the, you know, the army, the military for Wakanda and Black Panther, you know, everybody loved them. I read the book Barracoon, which was about Cujo Lewis, Kasula. He was on the last slave ship to America, Zorna Hurston. Uh, and I think his story, actually, I think his story appears somewhere in one of the Journal of Negro History. But Zorner Hurston, she went down to interview him. And so she wrote a story down and never got released until obviously years later. And so in the book, Cujo is talking about some of these, his experiences about living with his people, but also this other group of people, this other tribe, um, the Dahomey tribe. And the female army were called the Minnow. They would, you know, they were skilled. They were skilled warriors. They would be, they had machetes. They was chopping off heads. They wasn't playing around, but they also enslaved other Africans and killed their families. And they was taking people to sell to the white people. And, you know, it's a complicated history for slavery, y'all. So it's, I thought found it very interesting that, you know, the pride that some black women or even like the children dressing up like the Dora Milaje in a fictional, you know, Wakanda, but in real life, these women are part of the, at obviously at the, they're, they're going off of orders of the chief, the king, you know, but complicated history. So I learned that. I learned that, and this was in my second episode on music, about music being better <laughs> back in the day before now. I learned that bebop music, right? And usually I don't know if people even use the genre name bebop as much as they say, oh, John Coltrane or Thelonious Monk. Throw some Mouse Davis. Like they give you those names and those people are seen as pioneers in jazz. And there's these amazing jazz singers. But back in the day when they were coming up in the 1940s and stuff like that, they were not looked at as real music by some of the jazz pioneers like Louis Armstrong. They like, uh-uh, this music they making here, trash. That's what they thought. So it's interesting to see that some of the artists, some of the older artists that we think are so amazing and great, that people just was like, uh-uh, uh-uh, this music is not good back when they were coming up. And lastly, this isn't really like any history that gave me any extra detail, but I found my great-grandparents, those that I know about, I found my great-grandparents in the census records. Isn't that great? Like I was able to go and see them when they were children and where they lived and how old they are. And it's just... I don't know. It's nice to see. I also found some like marriage licenses. I just like seeing that type of stuff. So, so that's what I learned the past 11 months. Of course, I read more. I found out way more, but that's just a little bit I wanted to give. So I hope that you go and share with your family or you reflect personally about what you learned the last 11 months. And so when March 1st hits, you're going to hit the ground running. If you haven't already, like talk to your family, if you're still blessed to have grandparents and to talk to and ask them just normal questions about their childhood, a great aunt, uncle or somebody, a church person, ask them about the history and just soak it all in. Read some more books. I have a bookstagram account on Instagram called Lights Chapter Action. And I post mostly nonfiction books, a lot of books on history. So if you are trying to figure out, well, I want to learn about some black history, but I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. You could check out my Instagram. I'm going to put it in the description so you can find it. But make sure on March 1st, 
that you hit the ground running and you learn as much as you can. So 2022, February, we're all, we all should be reflecting on what we learned and being inspired by the history. And it doesn't always have to be this grand history of big people who everyone knows. Sometimes it can just be your grandparent, whatever it is. I want us to start practicing black history in a way that Carter G. Woodson intended it and that he wanted it to be. And so we don't have to say anymore, they gave us the shortest month. We don't have to say anymore, black history is 365. We don't have to say that because we're doing it. Well, now is the time in our episode for resources. Now, this is very important, especially for Black History Month, because you see the reason why we had to have this episode is because Black History Month been going on all these years. But yet people still didn't know that what they claim is some nefarious thing of giving us the shortest month was actually intentional. So even if you have a week or a month, it's like it don't even matter unless you really are trying to go research. I personally, y'all, I didn't know some of this stuff about Black History Month until like five or six years ago because I personally just wanted to know. You know, I wanted to learn some stuff. I don't want y'all going on YouTube getting lost with the people who don't read. You know, they just tell you that they read something. I don't think they do. Or you go on Google, you Google something. The first page is just a whole lot of stuff. And now y'all going to be out here looking stupid because you didn't read the whole book. Okay, so I'm going to help y'all out on some research for Black History Month. First things first, I'm going to leave the link to Dr. Greg Carr's History of Black History Month article. He provides some links in there that give a little bit more research on his own work around Black History Month as it relates to like educators and like, you know, curriculums and stuff like that. So you can go find that great article. The Association for the Study of African-American Life and History. As I mentioned, they still exist. I think I might become a member this year. So go to their website. I'm going to leave a link. You can follow them on social media as well. They're on YouTube. YouTube, they have a lot of great videos. So I think that's a great place to start. Also on that site, they talk about the history of the Negro History Bulletin that I talked about. So you can read that. And I mentioned earlier about the Journal of Negro History. So you can actually find, because it's been so long, some of Carter G. Woodson's publications are in the public domain. So it's probably why you can find like the miseducation of the Negro, certain books. It's it's like 50 people publishing 50 different copies of the book because it's in the public domain, guys. No more copyright. So uh, you can find a few volumes of the Journal of Negro History for free if you get Kindle. Like you can download them on your Kindle. That's what I've done. It's not all the journals. It's just the beginning. If you decide to that you want an actual book copy, I would suggest purchasing the book from the journal, from the, excuse me, the association. I think you have, I think if you become a member, you can get access to all of it. But I would say purchase it from a black publication or a black owned bookstore, you know, if you could find it or, you know, do whatever you want. You could do use the book. That's what I like to do. Buy books used. You could do that as well. Carter G. Woodson, his house is a historic site in Washington, D.C. So hopefully when this pandemic is over, I can go to D.C. because I need to see the museum. I haven't been to the National African-American Museum. So I need to go to that. And I want to see Carter G. Woodson's house. So that's another place you can write down to visit. Now, Carter G. Woodson, outside of the journal, outside of like the Negro History Bulletin, he wrote a lot of books, right? And so I know most popular people know is 
the miseducation of the Negro. We all know we're not going to talk about that one. I'm going to list some other books that he wrote. Some of them are out of print. A lot of them are out of print, but you never know. You might be able to find them used and maybe the association will put them back in print one day. So I'm going to list those books so that you can see the type of detail in history that he put into learning about just sometimes everyday black people. Like these are black people that maybe we don't hear about or they don't have a, you know, a lot of pictures of them and all that, but they made an impact in their time period. And lastly, I have a video which was posted by the association. It's like a 10 minute video really quickly. It kind of gives a quick history of Carter G. Woodson. But what I really like about it is it's video of him speaking. And there's some audio of him. I never in my life heard him talk. I just found this video like, you know, a month ago. I didn't even know. So it's nice if you want to kind of want to get a quick overview of who he is and also see just a little snippet of him speaking. So I've added these resources in the description of the podcast, but you can also see a list of them on moretothequotepodcast.com. Well, that concludes our episode, and I hope you learned, questioned, and considered all the things that I and the voices I amplified says surrounding today's quote. After doing those three things, I hope you come to your own confident conclusion. Don't forget to check out the reading and visual resources that I listed and subscribe to my podcast on Apple Podcasts. Please give me five stars on Apple if you like what you hear. You can find me on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and YouTube. And I hope you'll join me next time for another episode of There's More to the Quote.